The Holy Gospel for this Christmas Eve is in the Gospel according to St. Luke from the second chapter. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and the family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged, and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in bands of cloth, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom God favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and heard, as it had been told them. The Gospel of the Lord. Be to God. You may be seated. Almost 35 years ago, during my time of seminary internship up in Seattle, I made many trips to local hospitals to see people who were there as patients. And as I made my way through the mazes of all those hospitals and hallways trying to find the rooms I was looking for, I would often pass by maternity wards where there were windows you could look in and see children inside, tiny, tiny babies. And so often I would stop and peer in and admire uh, these babies that had just been born, sometimes even hours before that. And it, it kind of felt always like I was looking at a display in a store window. <laughs> it was a very safe way to admire little babies, especially for me at that stage of life as a young adult. A very safe way to observe the sweetness of babies without having to care for them and without having to be changed in any way by them. My wife and I were newly married at the time, and we were enjoying the freedom we had to pursue our vocations, to structure our lives around all of our uh, interests. We did have older siblings who 
had children, and that was our small way of getting an experience of what it would be like when we would go and visit and sometimes when we would babysit our nieces and nephews. Uh, we would have a little idea of parenthood, but we knew too that it was just for a short time, and again, it was pretty safe. You could play with, the, with your nieces and nephews and then give them back to their parents and go on your own independent way. And then many years later, um, Linda and I decided that we were ready for parenthood. In the months before the birth of our first child, I missed most of the classes for new parents at the hospital, the childbirth classes, because of international travel. But I still felt pretty confident about what it would like to be a new parent. And even as I drove to the hospital on the day of the delivery, I did it with a kind of self-assuredness that I knew what this was really about. And I kind of thought I knew what my life would be like beyond that day. Several hours later, when our first child was born, it was then other people who were looking in through the glass. Some of our family members came and held the child for a little while, but then they left. And it was just the three of us, and I guess it was then that it all began to sink in. I felt butterflies in my stomach when the nurse said that it was time for us to leave also with the baby. <laughs> I went out and I got in the car and I drove very quickly to the front entrance of the hospital where Linda was waiting. And as you can already imagine, I was totally unprepared, even for what I would feel and experience at that moment. My hands started to just shake as I tried to fit those tiny little arms and legs into a car seat that I had never used, sure that I would break something in trying to do that. And when I got behind the wheel and I saw the nurse waving goodbye to us, I thought, this is way too soon to be sending us off. We are totally, I was totally unprepared for that child to, to, with all of the responsibilities. But when I had the courage to put the car in gear, I started right away to drive in a way I had never driven before in my life. Slowly, cautiously, easing over the speed bumps in the hospital parking lot and looking both ways about three or four times before easing the car out into the street. And in the days and months that followed, I learned what billions of parents have learned, of course. And that is that a tiny child is the most powerful creature on the planet. No parent, no spouse, no companion, no teacher, no supervisor, no law enforcement official, no religious leader, no political ruler has the power to reorient and to change our lives fundamentally like a tiny baby. No one else on the planet can get grown people to completely change the way they speak, the way they act, the way they spend their time, the way they spend their money, the way they structure their priorities. And over the past few months, I've been observing that again as I've been watching new parents 
and grandparents who are part of this community. They are people who have their own lives to live, people with personal goals and dreams, people with jobs and careers that are rewarding and fulfilling, people with leisure activities that they love. They are people who love a good night's sleep, people who have definite ideas about what they would like to do with their money and with their time, the precious commodity of time. And then a tiny child comes along and all of that changes. Every day carefully made plans are put aside. Every day priorities are changed. Schedules are adjusted or in fact just abandoned on many occasions. Social lives are fundamentally changed, reinvented. Leisure activities are always weighed now in perspective to the needs of the child, especially if they involve the way you spend your money. Budgets are radically altered because now there is a child who takes priority. And then there is that cry in the middle of the night that gets grown people to leap out of bed, out of a dead sleep, time after time. Who else on the planet could get us to do that? I'm thinking about all of that tonight as I hear this gospel story again about a tiny child that comes into the life of a family and into the life of the whole family of God. Wondering what that was like for Mary and Joseph. Certainly their lives were changed in all of those ways and more. But I'm also wondering what it will bring to us when we hear again the story of this child that comes to us, not just to them. And it does all depend, I guess, on whether we admire this child as I admired those babies through the glass in a maternity ward, or whether we decide to spend some time with this Christ child in our lives on our own terms, still keeping uh, our independent lives, but doing it when it feels like it fits what we would want for ourselves, or whether we receive this child like parents, first parents especially, when we discover deep down that he is in fact our own flesh and blood. What does that do to us? It is safe, of course, to admire Christ as we would admire the beauty of someone else's child. And I, I think that's probably what most people do at Christmas time. And it's not a bad thing. When I was looking at babies through the glass in hospitals, I never felt guilty about that in any way. It was a lovely thing to do, and it, and it brought me joy. And I think that's the same for anyone who looks at Christ and Christmas in that way, maybe especially people who aren't looking for anything more than that. It's a little more risky to take on this Christ child into our lives in the way that I did when I spent time with my nieces and nephews to experience more of what it really means to live with some care and responsibilities and, and some of that life-changing nature of that relationship. 
But that's still something that just requires temporary adjustments to our busy lives. Some adjustments maybe at certain times to the way we speak, the way we act, the way we adjust our priorities, the way we spend our money. And in truth, maybe that's what most of us Christians want as we hear this story again today, to one degree and another, or even as we come to Christmas Eve. That still is maybe for us the safest way to take this baby home with us on our own terms. But what would it be like for each of us tonight if we received this child in the way that Mary and Joseph did as our own? What would it be like if we left this worship service tonight with that same kind of fear and trembling that I had when I got in the car and left the hospital, knowing what this meant for the rest of my life? In my life of faith, I'm thankful for a lot of people who've shown me what that looks like. People who've shown me what it looks like when Christ is received in that way, in the way that leads to a full-time discipleship, a way that involves all of who they are. And when I see people doing that, it makes me want to take that same risk. It compels me to do that as well. Maybe the way that when I saw parents caring for their children in such loving ways, or when I saw, even with all the change that was taking place, something so good and so holy, I knew, I want that also. When I see people completely changing the way they speak, the way they act, the way they adjust their priorities, the way they reorient their whole life because of their relationship with God in Jesus Christ, I know that that's an experience that I want too. I, I desire that. Even if it still for me seems terrifying in many respects, I see the way that people go so much further into that than I do. And part of that still scares me, but I know that's what I want. And the good news for all of us tonight is that God continues to entrust this child, this incredible gift to us, even if we are unprepared, and even if we are frightened, and even if we aren't worthy, just as God continues to entrust the gift of tiny babies to unprepared parents throughout the world every day. In Mary's case, I can imagine that her hands trembled also when she took that child and wrapped him in bands of cloth. But St. Luke tells us that her heart was also filled with indescribable joy. And for me, there's no better image of life with Christ than that one which St. Luke gives to us. So be brave. Be brave as you ponder the meaning of this story for you tonight. There is sweetness in Admiring Christ as one would admire someone else's child. There's goodness in taking on that relationship in small ways. But there is joy beyond measure for those who risk it all and who welcome him as 
Mary did. And there is profound goodness and grace in all of the change that he brings to us and to the whole family of God. And it's in that joy that I say again tonight, thanks be to God.